Here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. City. I want to know what 713 knows about. You're not 713 anymore. Okay? That information's classified. That means it's none of your fucking business. We've got this under control. Thank you. I don't need your help. Get him out of here, Marco. I asked very nicely. All right. You're right, Burke. Maybe I have gotten soft. You just keep walking. Hey everybody, welcome back to Press X to Reload. We thought about splitting up the cover more ground, but we thought, no, that's what gets you in the horror film, so we stuck together, and as a result, we all watched Alone in the Dark. I am Nick Moore, with me as always are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Wayne. <laughs> Wayne actually dropped. We lost Wayne. I, I don't know. I don't if know that if that's on purpose or not. Accidental or on purpose, but that's fantastic. I'm going to assume it's a bit, but it's also possible that this movie made Wayne quit. Run away. Mark, moving on to your away. opinion. <laughs> I'm still here for it. I'm here for oh, it. My God. Um, <laughs> we got to talk about this movie because, as anyone who's listened to any of us talk about Uri Bowl, <laughs> you know, I hate every Uwe Boll movie ever made. And this was almost a different experience for me because it wasn't just awful. So it was boring. Oh, God, yes. But it wasn't awful. And Wayne's back. Hey, Wayne's return. <laughs> hey, Wayne. We're still talking about the same movie. <laughs> I don't know oh, if Wayne left because he can't bring himself to talk about this film. It sounds like he has technical difficulties. I think Uwe Boll has hacked into Wayne's computer and is actively trying to prevent him from speaking. Because as you may have noticed, the trend is that Wayne is harder to impress with these films than the rest of us. Uh, he tends to be a little bit less forgiving. I feel like I'm the single most forgiving member of the podcast for these films. Oh, you are. I you feel are. like I am. I would also say that it's possible that Uwe Boll is just actually making a movie with Wayne. It doesn't need to make sense. <laughs> it's just, you know. Well, as we wait for Wayne to solve his technical issue, I'm going to jump in with my opinion. Um, yeah. Uwe Boll let me down. <laughs> I feel like he let just me turned down. into me watching Uwe Boll. So here's the thing. <laughs> I know the objective difference between a good movie and a bad movie. I, I do know the difference. You wouldn't believe it sometimes when you hear my opinion, but I do know the difference. That said, I can really enjoy an objectively bad film so long as it's 
unique, interesting, out there, wild, crazy, something new. Because we've seen so many films, I'd rather take something new that's bad than something that's mediocre but same. And that is the best way I can describe this movie. This movie is mayonnaise. This movie is vanilla without even the hint of vanilla. This movie is just water without saving your life. This movie sucks so bad because it's just bland. It's so bland. If you didn't tell me that Uibo was a part of this, I wouldn't think he was because it's lacking his signature I don't f***ing care that he throws into movies. Like, it's just not fun. It was a slog. See, Wade's back. Let's hear what Wade's Wayne, got to say. Cause... have you returned? Yeah, sorry about that, guys. For some reason, my microphone wasn't picking picking up. I had to you were it. just hoping you wouldn't have to talk about this film. <laughs> yeah, you fled. It's okay to admit it. I made the joke. I probably couldn't didn't even have to watch this movie, and I still could have been on this podcast to review it. Oh, you know what? You probably could. Oh, That's a complete and utter abomination. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm struggling to think of anything good to say. This podcast could be three minutes long. I got nothing. I can't. No, I've got things. Mark, give me the some things. Throw me a lifeline here. I've, I've got some things. So, oh, so I'll start with a very video gaming thing that I actually appreciated. Okay, I appreciated his uh, trench coat of items. <laughs> like I don't know where okay. that flashlight came from. I don't know where he pulled out. Like it, he genuinely looked like he pulled out a hand cannon from his pocket. Yep, uh, okay. flashlight that he could not stick to his gun, no matter how hard he tried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like so. I appreciate that little comic booky moment. The other side of this movie that was uh, infuriatingly boring and interesting <laughs> was there is obviously a lot deeper story going on or backstory for every single character in this movie. I hope so. Deep. It <laughs> seems that way. You get none of it in exposition. Well, you get a little bit of it in exposition and it's a weird compliment to a movie, but it actually makes me want to go see and check out the game that I've never played alone in the dark, because I'm wondering if the game being deeper, I hope, would give you a lot more of these characters and this whole world-building backstory. Okay. With that being said, it's deeply, deeply flawed because it gives you none of these things and you're wanting to be on the edge of your seat, but it's so boring you can't be, so it's tough. I don't really know what the movie's about. Exactly. (laughs) Tell me the plot. Someone tell me the story of this. And it's funny because it starts off with such a detailed... Like, you got to read a chapter of a novel before the movie even starts. So I'm like, wow, this is. They put a lot of background in this, so they really are setting this up for something big. And nothing happens. The opening text crawl is almost two minutes long. (laughs) And I feel like you didn't even need to read it. It's longer than all nine Star Wars films opening (laughs) scores together. So, my biggest complaint about that opening text scrawl is they are reading it to you so i would have almost have rathered like they're literally reading it out loud to you so i almost would have rathered filming anything in the background while you give me that voiceover as opposed to me reading faster than you can read in my head but i I think that's a conscious choice for them to catch up yeah that's lots of that's exactly it they're like we better read this to the audience because the audience is not they're going to stop reading this so here's what they could have done 
And I'm going to use Uwe Boll as an example, because so far I've genuinely enjoyed his supposedly garbage films. They are garbage, but yes, keep going. Blood Rain has cool-looking concept art and characters and things going on in the opening credits. You couldn't do that? You couldn't have some cool yeah. sketch work of the monsters in the dark that would look better than the CG or, crap that we end up getting? They could have done that with a voiceover. Native American story they're telling. Yeah, yeah like anything. Yeah. Hell, you know what? Tell me in that voiceover how evil archaeologist knows Christian Slater's on an airplane with the artifact. That just happens. He just calls a guy and be like, he's landing on the plane, get him. I'm like, how do you know he's landing on the plane? You're in the middle of the ocean. How do you know these things? <laughs> how about well, we set the stage of the world so we understand why archaeologists have so much power that they can send full SWAT teams to a museum and the police do nothing? The public doesn't seem to care. Like, are the monsters a known thing in this world? Or people like, oh, shoot, the demons are outside. I hope that... Uh, Group well, 713 comes to save us. They seem to have unlimited reason. They're basically Cobra, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. It. I don't think there's any police in this entire film. I uh, think the no, security guys guard, are the police. Other than the security guard who works at the, the museum, it's just the, what is it, the 7-Eleven crew? So <laughs> 713. <laughs> 7, Available seven days a week, baby. They're going <laughs> to snap into the darkness like a Slim Jim. <laughs> like, what is happening? Jesus well, Christ. Because, like, that opening action scene where Christian Slater is, like, shooting a guy who reacts more to being punched than being shot, but he's fighting that guy, no one's really batting an eye. Yeah, like, no one cares. They're all kind of still milling about. Like everybody's, the streets are still packed. Like it's, it, he and no shoots cop that dude. seems to respond. He shoots that dude in the chest three times, once oh, in yeah, the three. heart, and yeah. the dude keeps walking, and no one cares. He impales that guy yep. on whatever machinery or stuff Fish was in the background, <laughs> and again, yeah. no one cares. What bizarre world oh. do we live in? Set it up at least like Tekken did, where we know that it's like this post-apocalyptic crazy future. Nope, this is a normal future, but no one reacts normally in it. But you know what's funny? After that action scene, I had I wasn't at a point yet where I was like, this movie's stupid. Or No, I was waiting for it to I was still like, okay, no. there's some stuff going on here. There's some superpower-ish shit going on, and yeah. I don't know what it is. They're about to explain it, so okay, I'm along for the ride. I had... And it was all downhill after that action scene. And I didn't even mind that scene too much because it at least had a little bit exactly. of the Uwe Boll weirdness for the action scenes. Agreed. Where the guy's doing random slow-mo and he's crashing yeah. through things. But then they never explain it. And that's why I said it's all downhill after yeah. that action scene because up to there, I was okay. Yeah. It was still weird, but I was okay. The guy's doing random parkour where he just climbs up on things and drops down like a WWE wrestler. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that. I my God. Weird I thought choices. that was a- that was the dumbest thing Weird where choices. he takes the taxi cab, <laughs> drives into them twice, yes. then he yes. leaves to let Christian Slater yes. get out so that he could climb up on <laughs> really high only to jump back on him. Like, why yes. don't he just go up to if He could have killed him if he just went he up could've. to the car while he was crawling out of it yes. and killed him. <laughs> yes. Would have made more sense. But like... But he wanted the high ground. I paused this thing... Maybe 45 minutes into it. I paused a couple of times before then because I was just, I had to take this oh, movie in shifts. But about 45 minutes in, I paused it. I look at Corinne and I said, do me a favor. Help me out because I feel like I'm actually stupid. What's the plot? 
More specifically, <laughs> what is the main character's goal? What is he trying to accomplish? What is driving him? Yeah. Like, I finished the movie and I don't understand what he wants. Is it to find out about his past? Because he doesn't seem to care too much about his past other than saying, oh, I had amnesia and having flashbacks. But he's not actively See, pursuing it. He that's just what I thought. I thought he it. was trying to find out what happened to the kids that were, went missing. That's what I thought. The way it started. I was like, okay, he's trying to find but, what happened to the kids. But he seems to know where all their 19 that, were. He knows who yeah, they were. But he well, because, knows where they are. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, because he goes right to the orphanage and with zero red tape, she's like, here's all the information you need. Right. So, like, he and has a direct with, line. He's friends with her. He's best he has friends a direct with line to the person who could tell him about his missing years. So I don't understand why he's like, hey, I don't remember things. And she's like, oh, do you need to know everything? Because that lady knew everything. Right. So again, but he was even best friends with one of the guys that was missing. <laughs> I'm going to lean again on yes. Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll, who we don't like – we don't see him as a great filmmaker. I understand all of his flaws. However, let me list off some of his films. Dungeon Siege, Tale of the King. Sucks. Within 15 Sucks. minutes, Sucks. Farmer has his family killed and he wants revenge. So now we have a plot. Blood Rain, within 15 minutes, Rain Sucks. has escaped and she wants Sucks. to like survive and get revenge on her father for what he did to her mother. We have a plot. Far Cry, he jumps out of the boat and it Sucks. explodes. He's trying to save this woman. So we have a plot. This has no goddamn plot. It has nothing. Like, I don't understand. I love it. Yeah, that's the I good hate this movie. That, that's the good thing. That's the good part of it. My favorite part Let's about... Let's discuss the bad that, part. My favorite part about the entire rant is because this movie wasn't so painfully stupid, it was just boring. And so I wasn't as offended by it. As opposed oh to all God. of his other movies like, where it's so terrible. I don't mind you telling me a like, bad story, but tell me a story. This doesn't even tell a story. This is like the equivalent of Seinfeld where just a bunch of stuff happens. But at least that's funny. Okay, I do got one okay. good. I got one good. Oh, I got one, one good. Okay. Aside, oh, aside from the obvious year being poor CG, I do like the design of the monsters. Okay. The monsters do look cool. I will agree they with look that. Cool. CG's I, dating, I like obviously, the, but I like the design of them. I like what they look. I like that they set they set up a concept that doesn't pay off in terms of uh, we've got these uh, pseudo flashlight calibrated for sunlight things that never seems to take effect, and that we've got these bullets. We've got these bullets that are uh, special oh, yeah. bullets that, that really sh- oh really yeah the lemon help scented turn bullets the yeah yeah that's great yeah the lemon scented bullets that look like uh, GI Joe lasers when they're shooting them that should help. Except it only works when it's in Christian Slater's hand. When he's shooting the bullets, everything dies pretty quick. When the army of guys who have access to these bullets are shooting it, they get wiped out. Oh, I know. <laughs> so here's the thing. I don't know Hilarious. if you guys have played the Alone in the Dark games. I know. This movie so has have. tainted me ever even touching one of them. I have played them. <laughs> not extensively. I'm not like a crazy fan like I am with Resident Evil where I've played damn near every single thing. But I played the very original Alone in the Dark when it came back out on, like, the original PC where it's, like, very early polygons and it's this haunted house Cthulhu-type story. There's a werewolf, there's zombies, there's spirits. It's all over the place tonally, but it's a lot of fun. This movie seems like it's more based off of the remake they did for, I believe it was the PS2, where, again, it's one main character, one main type of monster, this weird thing that looks like the xenomorph but can camouflage like the predator that seems to live in the darkness but it was still ostensibly a horror game 
And then the most recent one, again, Carnby's the main character, and he's fighting a legion of horrible supernatural things coming after him. But they're mainly basically zombies and monsters, and the second you shine a flashlight on them, it weakens them enough that you can kill them with normal weapons. Yeah. All three of those are distinct, but all three of them make sense in of themselves. And all three of them lean to horror. This is an action movie that has action at the beginning and the end, and there's no horror whatsoever. There's not a single Uh, moment that's scary or tense or creepy or nothing. Amazon defines this as horror. Where? The only horror is the hour and a half of my life I lost. That's the only horror. Not only does it say, does it classify as horror? Ironically, do you know what else it calls it? Comedy? Terrifying. Terrifying. It, terrifying. Amazon calls it terrifying. If you ask me to watch now, it again, I don't know I'd be if terrified. that's reading between the lines. That's fair. If you ask me to watch it again, I'd be terrified. Yeah, same here. So, scariest movie. I, oh scariest my God. movie ever. It, it's appropriate because they just, I think they just saw Uwe Bowl made and they're like, oh, okay, terrifying. Terrifying. But this is his second major video game adaptation. So he only did House of the Dead before this, then he did this, and then he did all the films that we've seen since. The Far Cry, the Dungeon Siege, ah, all this weird, wacky, wild that? stuff happened so we started. We watched his movies Hold in on. the wrong order. We that did? That makes actually <laughs> a lot of down. sense to me. That makes a lot of sense to me because the actors he gets, and I think a little bit of the production level seems a little bit more than the cheesier ones Ergo, he's off the chain. Like, he's off the reservation when he's making the other crap we've seen. So I think he's he's better that way. Whatever he wants. This is definitely, you could see the studio's influence that reined him in, which is why it's so boring. They killed it. The studio killed it then. At least it would have been something interesting if you just let him go crazy in the corner. Yes. Honestly, it would have been bad. I know that. But I would have had way more fun if you just let him do his thing. He can be fun to watch. This movie is not fun. It's like he's being throttled. I want the creative juice we, of Uwe Bull. We have different <laughs> definitions of Uwe Bull being fun to watch. <laughs> it's true. This is what it's his fun to. for you is not his fun for me. I will take all of the other things. I've, I would watch all of them in a row again. All the, the other three we've seen of his before watching this movie again. This movie is painfully it's bad. bad it's aggressively yeah, even the, bland. the moment the moment i told myself i was like okay this movie is in the museum when the swat team breaks in through the windows and it's just christian slater and tara reed standing with the gun and all of a sudden this heavy metal music kicks in oh god and it's just this light show of gunfire <laughs> it goes on forever yeah, it goes and on I for two like, minutes this heavy metal music shit. and you can't yeah. tell who's shooting at what where anyone uh, is, how are they not no, none dead. of it makes sense. None of it. No, no. And I think one of my favorite bad things that is a potentially, I guess, if you're looking for enjoyment out of the movie, is I kept wondering, why is this elite government task force who seems to know what they're fighting so ill-equipped to fight what they're fighting? Right. Like they seem to know exactly what it is they're fighting. They even explain they have experience fighting these things but it's just more in rural areas, not in the urban environment. They explain yep. that to you. So this should be well-prepared with tactics, resources, like equipment. They should. And they get trounced every time. It's amazing. I, I did enjoy near the end when they have their big showdown with the legion of these monsters that you essentially get to mm-hmm. watch Bravo Team die for once instead of just stumbling <laughs> across Bravo Team. We watched them yes. get taken up 
apart, including oh, yes. the comms team who are in the building in the city. Why are they wearing black ops gear? They're sitting yeah. at their computers well, and they're all dressed okay. up in black Can ops we, gear. And I don't understand why. So the biggest, I don't understand moment is actually at the end of the movie. Oh, God damn it. Cause I actually don't understand anything that happened. So Christian Slater, sorry, Stephen Dorff blows stuff up. He sets the timer in a time frame that he probably could have set it for like five minutes to give himself to get out. But instead he chose five seconds because he's like, I'm killing myself off so I can't come back for any sequels. So he throws the (laughs) pack. It's a wise decision. (laughs) He throws the pack and things blow up. I'm not even sure what that would have done. But apparently the only two living humans on Earth anymore are Tara (laughs) Reid and Christian Slater. Yeah, And I don't know why. I don't know what magic killed them. Yeah, uh, I don't know what ends, happened to all the other bodies. And then it ends insinuating that a monster's coming after them in the mid middle of day, which they've already stated in sunlight is the most most lethal. It's yeah, you get the them. Evil Dead camera <laughs> zoom of the monster coming for them. Midday. Midday. Yes. Midday. You have Stephen Dorff blow up the, I don't know, the, what, cave system full of these monsters that's underneath the orphanage. I blew up the, the sandcastle, whatever. I guess. <laughs> but, like, even if that whole thing collapsed on itself, even if they all got out of it before it collapsed on itself, we've seen how fast they can move. They, what, emptied the entire city and there's no blood, no bodies, no nothing? Like, I, I don't understand. Well, what happened to the people? Did they yeah. get turned into well, the monsters? Like, is the darkness within us? Other, like, what does it mean? Every other person they've ever killed is a gory, bloody mess. I would say gory. The ending to this movie is so bad. Blood. The one with the head split open. Yeah, that was the only gory kill. (laughs) The ending to this movie is so bad that I want to apologize to Dead Trigger for making fun of their ending. That's how (laughs) bad this ending is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This does not hold up to any scrutiny whatsoever. It has one of the worst let's extend the screen time moments. Just before that last battle was about to start, this guy who's tasked with turning on the lights. Oh, yeah, the generator guy. And it's an actual focal point of the story. They keep cutting back to him trying to turn the lights on. Yeah, he actually He finally wires them on only for them to immediately cut the power. He gets an arc. (laughs) He gets more of a story arc than Christian Slater. It was purely for time extension on the runtime. Purely. Given... Given, and again, one of those awesome movie moment decisions, given the sheer importance of him turning on the generator and the active threat of, you know, being jumped by a monster, you'd think he'd have, I don't know, three, four guys. Like, everyone keeps walking by him being like, this is the top priority, but we won't defend you or help you in any way. (laughs) They all just keep leaving and bitching at him. Oh, I know. And then for some reason, after he turns it on, he figures, well, I guess I might as well just hang out here. Oh, God, I'm being attacked. <laughs> and then they immediately they cut pull, the power before the fight even starts. the pin on my grenade, which apparently, once pulled, explodes immediately. Every, every movie ever, when you pull the pin, the guy's got like half an hour to make a dialogue. <laughs> or at least enough time around, to throw the grenade. Run away. <laughs> yeah. Throw the grenade. Yeah, this is the kind of grenade. You would have to throw this grenade at the enemy and ask the enemy to pull the pin for you. That's how fast this grenade goes off. It's instant. It's literally instant. But 
at least there's some decent blood when Bravo team gets taken apart. That one girl getting her head split in half. Yeah. That's something. Yeah, that... And occasionally the blood in this is all right. She was still alive. I don't know. The uh, the <laughs> autopsy Sometimes had some nice blood, blood effects when the right. when the autopsy's happening oh, the, and that guy's like the coroner's the pulling all the parts of the parasite out of the body. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So like some of the effects are good. The CG is bad, but yeah. I'll blame it on the time. It's 2005. Yeah. So I can't yeah. even knock yeah. the film for the CG budget. of the monster being a little weak. Mm-hmm. It's just plot, character, themes. All of that is what's missing from this. It's really, really aggressively bad. It's terrible. It's bad. I would make an argument that many times Uwe Bull movies are missing several of those things, but we disagree on that. But <laughs> if I can quickly go through my notes here, because I try and write down all the positives, and I'll, I'll go through and see if okay. there's any things that uh, I thought were kind of cool. So during the first fight, when Christian Slater goes to shoot the zombie super-powered dude that's been sent to kill him. Speaking of zombies. The zoom in inside the gun before the chamber releases and fires the pistol out. I thought that was kind of cool. I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. That's the first 20 minutes of the movie. Uh, In the second 20 minutes, I enjoyed the sex scene where they're fully clothed, but they are gyrating like they're having sex. And halfway through it, I'm like, all right, well, they're thrusting, mm. but there's blankets on them. You got Tara Reed, and, and then the blanket slides down. Right, and you can see they're both fully clothed <laughs> when the blanket slides down. And I, oh my god, I was so happy hey. with that. That is so shoddy. They are dry humping. <laughs> First, fantastic dry humping scene you've ever seen in a movie. You know what? That's the cool. I want to believe that that's an intentional Uwe Boll moment where he was trying to shine through. That's him yeah. going, just let me be weird. Please, let me be weird. <laughs> right? And then once the budget's gotten slashed in half and he could make a movie in a week before the studio realizes he's even there, then we get the true magic. And when Christian Slater is walking towards the camera, I can't remember if he has a gun in his hand or not. It doesn't matter. His jacket, his coat, flaps like a cape like he's a superhero. And that made me smile because that's just dumb but fun. <laughs> And the nun who commits suicide at the end, after letting all that stuff happen, she finally snaps. She did it the right way and slit her wrist vertically. I thought that was a nice touch. I was impressed that the nun, who's going to commit the (laughs) ultimate sin for a Catholic and commit suicide, knew the right way to do it. They've all got it inside them. That's it. That's all I got. It's all my positives. I'm done. All right, let's get back to the (laughs) screw. So the zombies, I didn't understand why (laughs) why everybody was turning into... But why are they turning into zombies? I don't know. And then I was confused. Then I thought the people were becoming the monsters because when they took down the one monster. But she says, how many of these were there? And he's like, 20, referring to the people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're attacked by like 20 monsters. And that's when the heavy metal gun show happens. But then when that's done, then the 20 zombies attack. And I'm like, I am so confused. Are they the monsters? Are they zombies? What the fuck? I had to assume that they're like the superpower dude at the beginning, and we're just watching them die more than once. Because I but lost he wasn't track. a zombie. I I don't I know. have no idea where those monsters come from, and why there are so many of them, and if there are so yeah. many of them, why you need zombies. I also kind of don't understand why Christian Slater apparently found the cure for the parasite. Oh, I was electrocuted when I was a kid, so it must have killed it. Okay, maybe you should tell everybody. So we're not going to try to save. Any of the 19 other what? humans who are Just electrocute them. We're not going to zap them. We're just going to shoot them. And are you sad? Oh, I just killed my best friend. You did what you had to do. 
But like, <laughs> you don't even need to necessarily, like, I know he hides inside a high voltage box, even though you never see him get electrocuted in it, but just hit him with a taser. Mm-hmm. That's it. Hit him with a taser. That's probably enough to do it. Yeah. And yeah. yet, no, no, no. We got to shoot them repeatedly through their symbiotic spine and I don't know, cut off their head and burn it. Like, are they, like I don't, I don't even know. They zombie, I mean, vampire, demon, dark things. I don't know. Interesting you say that. Oh, cool moment. When the, the invisible monster is chasing the museum and is smashing through the glass and you just see the glass smashing as it comes through because it's invisible. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. That was cool. Yeah. But the monster is addicted to museums for some reason. But that's cool. Yeah. And <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned vampires because when the movie eventually ended, up on Amazon, it pulled up like similar movies that were Blood all Rain? vampire related. <laughs> no, it was like Dracula 2000. I was like, what oh. is this? I vaguely yeah. remember that film. I vaguely remember that film. Yeah. So, I was like, what is going on here? Normally, this is when I would bring up some of the behind the scenes stuff to either explain the film or, or give us some wonderful context and backstory. But I hated this movie so much I didn't look up anything. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to learn. I didn't want to learn anything about it. I didn't want to give it any excuses. It, it doesn't deserve a chance. If it's any consolation, that's that's good because I didn't want to hear it. The only thing that I want to bring up, and I, I told you both about this, but I want to bring this up for you, dear listener, listening to us wherever you are, in your car, doing the laundry, taking a big fat dump like we are on this film, whatever it is, this movie has a score on Rotten Tomatoes of 1%. And I know that reviews and critics <laughs> aren't everything, but 1%. And I thought, is there anything worse? And there's a Wikipedia page that I'm going to link at the bottom of the podcast with the, what is it, 45 films that have gotten a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes so that you can find 45 films that are supposedly worse than this, though I, I don't know if that's possible. Interestingly, huh. none of these 45 films are Uwe Bull, so this is statistically the worst film he's ever made. Like I said, I remember seeing Highlander 2 on that list, and I'm not saying Highlander 2 is great, but I, it's it's far better than this piece of shit. Which <laughs> version of Highlander 2? The director's cut? The original? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're probably right. Jaws the Revenge is on here. That movie's bad. It is pretty bad. So yeah. one more critic yeah. liked this movie than Jaws the Revenge. I, I'll tell you one thing, though. Even though when you posted the 1% going into this, I didn't think it was going to be that bad. It's so bad. I was like, okay, I it's going to be, be bad. It's Uwe Ball, but it can't be 1%. Yeah. I, I thought it would be 1%. bad. I didn't think it would be boring. That's the problem. Yeah, I didn't think it would be It's directionless. It's aimless. It's confusing. Yeah, it is just... Everything. Yeah, it has well, Stephen no Dorf soul. It's like, Stephen Dorff is this character who just... He's hard ass. He wants nothing to do with Christian Slater. Christian Slater shouldn't even be there. One fight happens all of a sudden. Christian Slater's his buddy. Hey, best he friend. tells him every secret. He wants him on Get the on team. Get on the helicopter like, with me. What the fuck? Dude, like it was a switch. Yeah. willing to die for him. It was like a light switch. Yeah. Too. Didn't even make sense. Didn't even make sense. He could have said, thanks for saving my life, but you still can't be on the team. <laughs> it's one thing for him to do his ridiculous 180 about Christian Slater's. The, uh, the part that makes no sense to me oh. is why are they bringing Tara Reid Anywhere. Anywhere. They need her for nothing. You they need an archaeologist her. there. Also, she doesn't even do anything. You need Tara Reed. I'm going to make the argument she you need Tara Reed there. In fact, if nothing. I'm going to add one nothing. more positive, it was nice to see Tara Reed in a film again. 
Yeah, but she does nothing. She does nothing, like, but nothing. I love her. She's there. She has the dry humping scene. She Even has when they moments get to the where door. she stands around. Even when um, they get to the door, I'm I like, like the she's the one who's going to... of her voice. It reminds me of Scarlett Johansson. Seeing her in a film reminds me of, like, younger days in all the early 2000s films, and some of those were good, so it brought back some good nostalgia. She just deserved a far no. better movie than this. Even when they found the long. door, I thought, okay... This is Tara Reid's yes. moment. She's going to put together that I have to put all these objects together nope. to make a key. And Christian Slater's nope. like, give me that key. <laughs> <laughs> nope, she did not. No, no, she just oh, follows them. She doesn't there. do anything. Or, again, the single most amazing part of the entire movie, she, as far as I could tell, is an actual curator at a museum. Yep. As far as I could tell. She's not a part of 713. She's just a curator at a museum. And she actively takes home these precious, rare, barely found artifacts, just takes them home with her. And it's just like, uh, that doesn't seem like that standard procedure. And had she not Perks the job. randomly taken that shit home, <laughs> they can't have the key at the end of the movie. They wouldn't yep. have it because Christian Slater's character would only have the one piece the doctor would have all the other pieces, but he wouldn't be able to put it together because Christian Slater is holding one of the more critical pieces. Wouldn't be and able to do that's it. That's why she was there. You're welcome. You answered your own question. <laughs> why was she there? there? You go. To give you a little piece. That's why she was there. She gave us Are a little done? piece. I felt Don't like watch I this movie. That piece, that's, that's my closing thought. Don't watch this movie. Pretend this movie doesn't exist. No. Leave it alone in the dark. This movie watch is this movie. the worst. Don't watch, watch this movie. In the dark. This movie is so, 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 so bad. Watch any other Uwe Boll film. Don't watch this movie. Tell your friends to watch this movie. It'll be a good joke. It'll be a good joke. Yeah, but don't watch it with them. If you don't like your friends, or if you'd like to not have friends anymore, tell them to watch this movie. That will solve your problems. This movie is bad. Holy crap. And now we move on. We got another one. We move on. To the final part of our trilogy of terror, the first Uwe Boll film adapted from a video game, the original House of the Dead. I hope this has the Uwe Boll spirit. I really do. You know what I gotta say? Uh, this is this is also not the worst movie we've seen. Uh, no, it's I not. have a hard time agreeing it's with not. that. It's it's it's, it's up not. there. It's up there. It's not. This movie's at least in my top five. It might be in my top five most hated movies I've ever watched. This movie, <laughs> this movie actually made me regret the podcast for a brief moment. I got halfway through it. Boy, I just need to quit. What am I doing? What, are we what doing? if I just stop doing this? Will anyone judge me? Will anyone know? <laughs> followed by, oh my god! Followed by, I've suffered through this. MK Armageddon can't be that bad. Nothing. <laughs> Oh, one day we'll find out. Well, we're turning a corner. It can only go up from here. We thank you for joining us on Press X to Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me, as always, at least for most of it, we're Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Gentlemen. Hey, glad to be here. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. I love Uwe Bowl now. You've converted me, Nick. Now is biggest One of us. One of us. Catch you next time. (laughs) No, I take it back. It's awful. (laughs) You've been listening to Press X to Reload. 
Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athenas, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review. We'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next stage.